Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 745. a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. And speaking of worldwide, I just want to acknowledge some of our listeners outside of the United States. Thank you to everyone in the U.S. who's listening But I'm finding it very interesting to see that we're picking up an audience in Egypt, Indonesia, France, Finland, and Portugal last week. Well, I don't know what topics are gathering your attention, but I'm excited to have you here with us, as well as 180 other countries who listen to us as well. So my dream of us being global is really coming into fruition. And I think the topic for today is really appropriate for the global world. So I hope that all of our international listeners will tune in to this episode, which I think is probably the most important episode that I've done since I've been podcasting. And what I mean by that is I'm going to talk about the big picture and what's really happening here, because I feel like there's so much confusion in the world with what is going on. I mean, we see this virus going around, we see a lot of social unrest, we're seeing many things that are not familiar to us. And we're wondering, what does this mean for our world? What kind of change is going on? And what's going to come out on the other side of this? And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, this is something that I would normally talk about with my VIP experience group, because I give them the big global macro picture, and then we narrow it down to individual things that they can do to prepare and to take advantage of it from an investment perspective. But this talk is even bigger than that. This talk is something that I've been thinking about for a while. I've been wanting to put it together in a way that's really understandable for people so that they have hope, they have a positive message. With all the negativity that's going on right now, I feel like people need something to grasp onto, to understand, to help them navigate, and to really give them hope that there is something better that's out there. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the quantum age. I'm calling it the quantum age because things are getting kicked up a notch from a technological perspective. And that's part of what is going on here. And you'll see what I mean by the end of this podcast. But before I get into what is causing the quantum age and what it really is, let's talk about where we've been from a financial perspective. Because I'm not a health expert. I'm not a doctor, so I can't add a lot of value there. But what I can do is show you the big picture from an economic perspective. I can show you how institutional investors are probably looking at this, and I can give you down-to-earth insights that you can put into practice as an individual, whether you have a lot of money or whether you don't have a lot of money. It's not gonna matter. 
So here we go. First of all, I want to talk about where we've been. But to do that, we have to go back to 1980. Because one of the things that I like to look at is cycles. And cycles tend to repeat themselves. I mentioned this in chapter three of my book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress. The importance of cycles and how the elite have kept very high level information about cycles very, very quiet and to themselves for their own investing benefit. So let's go back to 1980. 1980 was about the time when we started getting computers. We started getting IBM and Xerox and they were growing into larger companies. They were going from mainframe computers to personal computers. And that really started the whole personal computing era. I remember exactly where I was when I saw my first computer. I remember exactly trying my first computer. I remember not liking computers when I first met them. And now I don't know what I would do without my electronic gadgets. But back then, it was a big change. And that was the first part of a big technological revolution that took about 20 years to complete. And it culminated in 2000 with the introduction of the internet, which came along around, well, to institutions, it came earlier, but to the public about 1997, 98, Certainly by 99 and 2000, we were learning what this was all about and how it could change our world. Now, it seems hard to believe that we ever lived without it. But back then, it was just being introduced. From 2000, we've had another 20 years where we've had software development and really how to customize things on this computer system. Things like online shopping and things like word processing, email, certainly revolutionizing postage and efficiency in business, how we can get things done so much more quickly and notify people to now working on Zoom and people having meetings on their computer. So this 20 years was really about customization of the computer and commerce on the computer, websites exploded, and everybody could become an entrepreneur if they wanted to be. I started really looking into that in 2008 and decided to start my own business in 2010. So I've been working online for a long time, but it was only about five years ago that I went 100% virtual. And by that, I mean that I didn't want a physical storefront. I didn't want to necessarily have any physical location or be out doing seminars. I switched to doing a podcast and being 100% located online. And that's been a fabulous transformation for me because it's given me freedom in how I operate. My time is my own and I can decide when I want to work and when I don't want to work. And it all goes on the computer and sometimes it's automatically delivered and it's really, really efficient. And I can serve many people just being one person. So it's been an incredible experience. And if you haven't experienced that yet, I think it's something you might enjoy too. Now that's the technology side. But along the way, in 2007, we had an enormous housing bubble that burst and caused a collapse of subprime mortgages. That bubble that collapsed really never went away. 
because what we did was we never cleared out the debt from that. In fact, what we did was we created more debt to deal with it. It's kind of like being maxed out on your credit cards and instead of going through bankruptcy and clearing out the debt and going back to zero, you just increase the credit limit on your credit card so that you can charge more. It doesn't solve your problem. All it does is put off the problem into the future. And that's what we did in 2008 and 9 with quantitative easing. The government came in, bailed out the banks, bailed out AIG, etc., and kept the system going longer, but did not solve the problem. Now, just as an aside, we went through a thrift savings crisis, which was a different type of banking. We went through that under Ronald Reagan. How they solved that banking crisis when a lot of homes went into foreclosure was they set up an organization called the Resolution Trust Corp, the RTC. And the RTC ran through all the foreclosed homes, cleared the title, cleared the debt, and sold the homes to investors. That's how that cleared out the system. And honestly, I believe that's how it should have worked in 2008 and 9. We should have cleared the debt, set up an RTC-type government organization that could clear the debt, clear the title, and sell off homes to investors. That would have wiped out the debt, but we didn't do that. So we have a bigger bubble. And we have a bigger debt bubble as well because the government debt that was created, we still have too. And now with the coronavirus crisis, we've created more debt. So the government debt bubble is bigger, the housing bubble is bigger, and so we have these bubbles out there that are being controlled by dropping interest rates to zero. Basically, they are propping up these assets and also housing is being propped up by not allowing foreclosures at this time and having the forbearance program happening. So we're artificially propping up housing prices and we still have debt propped up by 0% interest rates, basically. So we have this problem, this debt problem, these bubbles that we haven't solved. And at the same time, we had the economy literally come to a standstill. So we had fewer people working, people confined globally into our homes, and now trying to reopen states here in the US, it's been very difficult. We've got another round of coronavirus coming, states are open, no, they're not open, yes, they're partially open, no, they're not. It's going back and forth. So what's happened is the people that have been able to transfer their work to become more online, the stores who have been able to offer online shopping, anyone who can automate and move their business more online has been benefiting. Now, meanwhile, we had a lot of things outsourced to China, and this became glaringly obvious with the pandemic because we didn't have the antibiotics manufactured in the US anymore. They were all made in China. So in order to get our medicines back, the supply chain has to come back to the US. And so we're going to see the reindustrialization of the United States. But there is a problem with that. And the problem is, in China, people work in a factory for $5 a day. And in the United States, the minimum wage is $7 and a quarter per hour 
at eight hours, that's $58 a day versus $5 a day in China, which is 11 times what it costs to do business in China. So in order to bring that manufacturing back to the United States, something's got to give. What I think will happen is that a lot of this reindustrialization that's going to happen will have to go to a robotic, automated type atmosphere. They're not going to be able to hire humans to do all the work anymore. They're going to be wanting to eliminate some of their real estate. They're going to want to do as much as they can online. They're going to be able to use robotics for manufacturing and maybe artificial intelligence to drive certain processes. So in order to be competitive, those things are going to have to be very well thought through before that reindustrialization happens in the U.S. And that means that we're really in the transition to the next cycle of automation, which is necessary not only because the differential of the cost of doing business and labor in China, but also because of demographics here in the United States. We don't have the population at the younger age as we used to. Baby boomers are now moving into the age 60 and over category. So what we're really seeing is a resetting of the system globally. It's almost like we have parallel systems running. We have the old system that is the way we used to do things. And we have a new system waiting above that that is parallel. In other words, the two will never meet. They are parallel to one another. And that parallel space in between us is getting closer and closer and closer. And we're closing the gap between the two parallel lines, but they're still parallel. They're not intersecting. It means that the old system is changing and the new system is taking on new technologies for medical, for energy, away from oil, for example, for technology. We're seeing a new system that is more quantum oriented, more oriented toward newer patents and newer technologies that are ready to come into play. Things like renewables and free energy and battery technologies, new ways to fly, new ways to communicate, even medicine over the computer, telehealth, driverless cars. We've also heard people talk about energy medicines. On past podcasts, I've talked about high-speed rail and the new internet that's coming even to rural areas. So we have all kinds of new technologies that are coming in And they're almost like they're on a parallel platform waiting for our old system to finish so that the new system can be put into place. These are new beginnings and new structures. And it's a new era. Just like 1980 brought in the computers and information technology, and that was a revolution. And then the 2000s brought in the internet, and that was a revolution. Well, now we have the next level of automation, and what I'm calling the quantum age. It's my belief that that's also why we've seen the NASDAQ do so much better than the rest of the stock market. But it's been a little bit concerning because we have a handful of companies that have really been driving the technology and the NASDAQ return. But The NASDAQ is already up 16.28% year to date, 
while the S&P is still down 1.49%. Now, I'm not complaining, that's great that the S&P has made it back to almost level. But meanwhile, technology has significantly outperformed and has gone on to make record after record. All I'm saying is that it's proving my point, that this is really about moving to a new stage of technology, a new way of living, of shopping, of working, and we're in that transitional period. But meanwhile, we have this overriding bubble of debt that still hangs over our head. And we have a financial system that actually relies on debt. And that is going to change too. And that's where I think we are at some point going to see that system implode on itself and have the debt forgiveness that I've talked about in the past, where we wipe out debt all over the planet. We get rid of mortgage debt. We get rid of the government debts. We get rid of the massive over $200 trillion worth of debt that exists out there today, because there is no way to pay that off. You could go through generation after generation after generation trying to tax people to pay that off, and it would never pay it off. It's way, way, way too much money. Remember, a billion dollars of $100 bills stacked on top of each other is about the height of the Washington Monument, while $1 trillion of $100 bills stacked on top of each other is 69 miles high. That's how much more trillions of dollars are than billions. And having over $200 trillion worth of debt, plus this does not even include the unfunded debt of our social security systems and Medicare and other unfunded liabilities for the baby boomers who are retiring, well, the numbers just get even larger. So rather than try to pay all of that off, I believe that the system will create debt and create debt and create debt until it implodes on itself. So I believe we're going to see more trillions created in government spending, and that will continue until the weight of the debt collapses the system. Now that sounds very frightening, and I'm sure the experience of us going through this is going to feel very frightening, but only for a short period of time, because on the other side of that is the benefit of not having debt in the system anymore. And that will be the transformation into the new quantum age. So rather than having you be completely confused about what's going on, I hope that's given you some enlightenment. I hope that's given you some hope. I hope you understand that we have a new era coming and it's exciting and we're moving into the next stage of technology that can be used positively or it can be used negatively. Now, a lot of people are very fearful that some sort of bad situation is going to come in, similar to what's been going on in China, frankly. I don't see it that way. I see that we are going to have a positive system for the people, and I think we all need to have that intention and hold that space, that it will be positive, the good guys win in the end, and I think that is how it's going to turn out. This new system is going to be more of a system of individual accountability 
rather than rights given to us by the government. It's not going to be top down where they have power that they seem to grant to us. It's going to be more at the individual level where the individual is accountable to other individuals and everyone needs to be in that accountability. And here's how I see that. If you look at right now, the ability to create reviews for people, you're reviewing podcasts, you're reviewing books, you're reviewing businesses, you're reviewing products and services. You actually have the ability to review every single thing on our planet. It's just nobody's put that into place yet, but it will come. And there will come a time when everybody will review everything and everyone else. And if you're not running your business with that in mind, I think you're completely missing the point. You want to run your business as if anyone can review you at any time. And you want the best possible reviews, of course. You need to run your business that way. You need to create products that way. You need to run your services that way. That is really the way of the future, is our ability to review and to recommend or not recommend someone in the future. This is the way all businesses will operate. Everyone will know about whether they should work with someone else or not, whether they are honorable or not, whether they provide good service or not. We will all know that in the future because everything will be reviewed by everyone. So you see, it's going to be more at the individual accountability level and those businesses that operate and make their customers happy, just like what Amazon has been talking about for years and years and years to be completely customer centric, just like the network has come in to be. And in a computer system, you don't need a top-down management structure. You have a decentralization and it's the network that matters. So I hope I've given you some clarity and understanding to how this all fits together and how this horrible pandemic has been the trigger to bring this all to a head. But it is not the ending and the ending is not dark. Although we will have difficult times as the old system goes away, once we go through to the other side, I think seeing some of the positive things that will happen along the way for us is worth waiting for. So keep yourself safe, keep yourself healthy. And we'll talk in the future about how you can prepare yourself at an individual level for things that are coming. I wanted to give you some clarity of understanding. It's going to require some creativity to navigate through this because there are some potholes along the way, especially with the stock and bond markets. And that's why I have the VIP experience to help people navigate through this. So if you are looking for direction with what's going on with the markets, with whether to be in the market or out of the market and not suffer a 60% decline like we did through the 2007, eight and nine recession, I suggest that you align yourself with a system that has an understanding about that because the buy and hold system is not going to work this time any better than it did back then. But it's going to be even worse this time because we're going through this complete collapse of the old way into the new. So if you're interested in the VIP experience, there's a page on my website, you can read more about it, or you can set up an appointment to talk with me. 
Just click on the link in the show notes and we'll set up a convenient time to talk. This is the time of summer sizzle, which means I'm giving away 25 prizes. 10 people will win one of my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio sets valued at $197. 10 people will win my Wealth Heiress book autographed by me and now also available on audiobook, but you'll be getting the physical book from me. And it was named to the list of all-time best wealth books by Book Authority. So men, it's good for you to read too, especially if you are looking for a guide to reboot your wealth and get you back on the path to financial freedom. There will also be five people who will win one-on-one wealth mentoring sessions with me. All you need to do is leave a podcast review on iTunes, or if you have an Android, leave a review on stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. That will get your name in the drawing one time. If you have read the Wealth Heiress book, leave a review on Amazon. That will get your name in the drawing two times. And winners will be announced on August 31st. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.